everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Especially this year, once I decided that's what we were doing, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to have to push him hard this year. Yes. Like harder than I've ever pushed him. Yes. He's going to have to do things that he doesn't want to do <laughs> or doesn't like to do, you <laughs> right. know, and he's going to have to be handle these things and travel a lot and go place. Not that we didn't go a lot of places. I mean, this mm-hmm. horse has been like, he's been all over. He's been, I was joking with somebody the other day. He's like been to Montana. He's been to Texas. He's been to Georgia. He's been like <laughs> Oklahoma. He's like so well-traveled. But, That's awesome. Um, that spring, that was in February. Cause we did, I went down to Luke's to help him help me with getting ready for the Ohio Equine Affair International Liberty Horse Association chat. Well, not a challenge. It's a, it was like an invitational type thing. We had, it's a show. You do have to, to apply to show and then be selected and you show what we call compulsory pattern, which is something I'd never done before at Liberty. The ILHA is the International Liberty Horse Association. And it was created by Dan and Elizabeth James about three or four years ago. It, it was designed for people that like doing Liberty to be able to show their horse at Liberty at a show because there's no other place that does that. Mm-hmm. And so they created that for people that love Liberty. So they also started doing these challenges and these shows to do that. So anyways, we were preparing for the one in April down in Columbus, Ohio, and I went down to Luke's. And then at that time, I told him, I said, you know, I really love to show Congress. Do you even think we have a shot? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I just like grasping at straws here? You know, like, should I just, should you just boot me out of the arena now? Right. <laughs> like, tell me, tell me. <laughs> right. And he says, well, like, if you start now, I think you can do it. And wow. I said, okay, what do we need to do? I mean, um, did you get the butterflies in your gut? Are you like, oh my gosh. It's I've, I've kind of been given the green light, the, the yes. Did you want to puke? You know, I don't know if I really got like butterflies in my stomach, but it was okay. like, okay, like this game is on. it. it was, yeah. yeah. Game on. Like Let's we're go. in it. Yep. That week I was down there. I had already started riding him bridalist a little bit. My limited knowledge in riding bridalist and, and Bravo was so broke at that time. I mean, we were already showing one handed in a full bridle. He was, had done flying knee changes, spin stopped. He was already what you could say a finished show horse at that point. Mm-hmm. So yes, we did already have a little bit of ahead of time because he kind of knew what some of that stuff was just not a ton of it without the bridle. Cause one of my goals too, was for the equine affair was to show him at in the freestyle there. Cause you had a, the compulsory pattern, which I'm going to say kind of like a showmanship pattern, but not quite, but it's at Liberty and you got to do your Liberty circles and stuff. And you have cones as markers and, but it's all at Liberty. It's a little different. And then you go and show the freestyle, which is kind of whatever you want to do set to music in a, like maybe three to five minute time frame. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show the freestyle part Liberty and part bridalist, bridalist and bareback. My original goal was to go to Congress and show bridalist and bareback. That was like, I was like, yes, that's what I want to do. But after doing that and talking to Luke, he's like, it's just, it's hard to show bareback because the cues are so much different than when you're in the saddle. Oh. And if you're not, I mean, I, personally don't love riding bareback I can do I it don't I, either I don't I, like I used to do it as a kid I mean <sighs> I remember running my horses like Holly and Sundance as fast as I could riding mm. bareback Mm-mm. and now I'm like eh, I don't think I can yeah. do that anymore no. 
No. So I don't love it and neither does Bravo. So we're okay. But I did show him at the equine affair competition there. I did show him bareback, but we only walk trotted because we, we just weren't ready for the canner at that point. Mm-hmm. We did show Liberty and I think we placed sixth out of 17. It wasn't that our freestyle, it was the compulsory that was kind of tough for us. And it's because A, I had never done a compulsory, B, never had he, and three, we had never created a stop cue at Liberty. So that was kind of a new thing for us. I was like, ooh, this is hard. <laughs> you want the horse to be with you and connect with you and follow you. And all of a sudden you're like, stop, but you can't come over here towards me. <laughs> it was like totally foreign to both of us. So it was, it was a little difficult that first show, but you know, we got through it. He never left me. He never walked awesome. away. Awesome. So I was really proud of him. But after that, then we just, we went gung ho right into getting ready for Congress. You know, I went to a lot of shows, did clinics. He went to every clinic that I basically did, I think, except for maybe like one Liberty clinic, whatever clinic it was, I, he went along because when I would get there, we would do demonstrations in front of people, getting him prepared to ride bridalist and be at Liberty in front of tons of people. That's just what we've spent doing. Cause one thing Luke told me, there's so much sense in order to be successful at showing I mean, it's just for people to like people too, you know, but in order to be successful showing bridalists, successful showing a horse, successful in taking a horse anywhere, successful in a horse having training is they need to learn how to regulate their emotions. Mm -hmm. They need to learn how to, just like people, if we get upset, we can't just always say what we're thinking, (laughs) even though we want to, they need to learn how to handle that. They need to learn how to be able to run a large, fast circle. And then stop and stand. Mm -hmm. Once Luke told me that, that was literally my goal. Like I would take Bravo to places Mm -hmm. and get in the arena and walk around a little bit and then literally run a large fast circle. Wow. And then bring it back down. It's like, can you do this? Because he, Uh he struggled with it, you know, Uh with that initially, because, you know, he was a little scared because I mean, we just don't, we have plenty of warm up time. We just don't get on and run because I've always been really careful about propping him and getting him ready and that type of stuff. And just because of who he is emotionally, we just kept working and working and working. And I went back down to Luke's in September just to get a little bit more training. By then we were riding bridalists a lot, like everywhere Mm -hmm. at shows. I mean, I could ride him bridalists on the trails. So we went back down in September and did a little bit more work, not so much like getting him ready bridalist, but learning how to ride bridalist to get him doing reining maneuvers better. Because it is, I mean, I'll be honest, and I understand why Luke does this now. It is so addicting. It is so addicting to ride. Bridalist. I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around getting to a point, And I have some lovely show horses that lack of control (laughs) you gotta let go you gotta let go i tell my clients who are trying to ride on loose rein you gotta let go you gotta trust them you gotta trust them to do their job that Uh you have spent your lifetime training them to do i am so far away from riding bridalists (laughs) you gotta trust them but here's the thing i always tell people you need to ride your horse every day like you're riding in bridalists even Mm -hmm. if the bridle's on right true true so we went down there and we worked on some stuff, really improved on some things before long. And like a month here, Congress rolls around. 
so fast. Oh my goodness, we're leaving next week or we're leaving right. in two days. We're leaving tomorrow. For years and years and years, my mom and I were always like, we are going to go to Congress. We're going to go to Congress and just watch the raining and, you know, shop and stuff. And we never did. Pete's sakes, we lived in Sturgis. Oh, like right. Four hours away. And we uh-huh. never took the time to go. Yep. And all of a sudden, here I am heading to the world's biggest horse show mm-hmm. for my first time ever being there. And I'm showing in wow. the raining freestyle. My dream, I've always wanted a Mustang, you know, and then obviously finally, finally got one and finally started it in 2013 with my first Mustang. And then, then I was like, okay, well, I want to do this with Mustang, this with Mustang. My goal was always to show the world what Mustangs could do, show that they could be competitive at a high level. On your way to Columbus with butterflies in your stomach, did you have, (laughs) did you ever have, there's been so many times in my life when I've had imposter syndrome, like... I'm not sure. Should I really even be here? Should I be at this horse show? Because I'm not sure I'm good enough to be at this horse show. Or, I mean, did you ever have that feeling? Like, what am I doing? What in the Sam Hill am I doing? Yeah. So a little bit, but at the same time, I didn't want to entertain those thoughts very much because when you bring doubt into that, it can affect Mm -hmm. your horse. Absolutely. And, And, you know, and Lynn and I often talk when we started the podcast, it was like, do we, why, why, do, how do we think we can do this? And then it was yeah. like, you know what? Why not us? I mean, right. why not? Why can't I go right. to this big horse show? Or yeah. why can't why, I why try can't this? I? Why not? And I was like, I mean, and, and then you start telling yourself, I deserve this. Well, yeah, we work hard. We, yeah. We've yeah. worked so hard. I've spent my whole life working and scraping and scrounging and turning horses that nobody else wanted into something like that's been my whole life. I mean, my whole career, you know, we couldn't afford 10, 20, $30,000 horses, yeah. you know? So like we went and got the $600 pony, the three, $600 Arabian, at least my aunt's horse. I mean, just like throughout the years of that, you that's pay, what made, who but you that's are. what made me who I am though. Yes. But I can, I can relate to that. I'm standing at that cone at a big show and, and that imposter syndrome creeps up like, oh my God, I can't, am I, should I, should I be taking up all these people's time? <laughs> and then it's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go out there. I've prepared. I've done the best yep. that I can. I have earned the right to be at yeah. this cone and I would rather yes. do it and suck or make a huge mistake than always wonder if I could have. I will say I was definitely in that position, but also I was like, I didn't really want to go in there and make a huge and suck and be a right. yeah, huge mistake. <laughs> well, <laughs> because I'm not talking anyway. about you. I'm talking about me. I have the potential <laughs> to suck once in a while when it comes to running a pattern. <laughs> but, you know, just like being in front of like, it's sold out. I mean, the oh, freestyle was sold out. I saw I, pictures of the show pen that you went into, into that arena, into that Coliseum. I mm-hmm. think that every, se- I mean, when I go to a big show or Lila shows, you know, we go to the world show or whatever, yep. there's a lot of people in the stands, but yeah. when I looked at that freestyle class event, holy moly, every seat had a human in it. Yeah. It was sold out. There was like standing room only. It was packed. Wow. wow. So I mean, what a know, thrill. it was, I mean, so at least, and I at least knew going into it 
that it was sold out because we were having trouble finding tickets for friends. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't like I got there and all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's sold out. Like I yeah. knew like two weeks, of, like heading into it, that it was sold out. Well, and, and you could see on Facebook, people are like looking for freestyle tickets. Yes, I mean, yes. there's a lot of chatter about that. So you knew it was a, it was a hot event where like yes. when I'm at a cone and I need to run a pattern, there's not that many people watching. <laughs> and even if there are people sitting in the stands, they really don't pay attention to my pattern. They're just waiting for their person to come. So I really right. A lot of eyes on me, but yeah, right. for you, you are going to an event where people are there to watch every single run, every single go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a performance. It's it's yes. not just a show. It's a performance, and Correct. people are there to to enjoy it, you know, and get yeah. something out of it. I will say, I don't know if Bravo's the first Mustang at Congress. I feel like there was one other one years ago, but let me put it this way: there hasn't been one there for years, if mm-hmm. ever think about that. That's that's a lot of pressure. I mean, he's like a $1,500 horse that's got a ton of physical issues, a ton of emotional issues, a ton of mental issues, a trainer rider that's kind of self-grown, self-taught, hasn't won a ton of world championships. We're here showing at the American, all-American Quarter Horse Congress. Yeah. So that was like kind of a big deal. Yeah. And particularly for the Mustang world. I mean, I had like some people like, oh my goodness, I'm showing a Mustang at Congress. Like that's huge. We got there on Wednesday because Luke was like, come out on Wednesday. You'll actually find a place to park. I was like, okay, I definitely (laughs) don't want to take the 37 foot trailer and try to squeeze in places. Right. So we got there Wednesday, got settled in and then saddled up and like after dark went and rode. I remember going, should I ride in Bridalist tonight? Like Mm -hmm. new area, Mm -hmm. new place. Or should I just put the bridle on tonight and just, I don't know. Like, what should I do? Yeah. Because we had been practicing at home. We actually did like a little rehearsal because I had this beautiful flowy dress that I wanted to use. And I was like, is he going to be okay with that? Flowing around him. And we've been riding bridalist and and he'd got a little strong a couple times in in the stop. And so I was like, do I ride him? Do I ride him here? But I said, nope, you've trained for this. You can do this. Yeah. So we rode that night we rode in one of the practice arenas and then later we went in and got a chance and rode in the coliseum that night and he settled down in the coliseum i think he liked riding in that area better than all alone in this kind of outdoor arena it was like a covered arena but it was outdoors you know there's a bunch of cars and everything but and people and all that stuff but we went rode in the coliseum and he settled down and he felt really good and then i'm in still rode bridalist thursday we took him for a walk and practiced and stuff. I think it was Thursday. I took a lesson to Luke too. And just kind of, but we always rode bridalist in arenas with other horses riding. Mm-hmm. We rode all through that whole week, Regina, he walking back and forth from the Buckeye all the way to the Coliseum and just mm-hmm. through like the PBR rodeo stuff that mm-hmm. Friday night. And he he didn't like the greats. Okay. He hated mm-hmm. the greats. But <laughs> besides that, I think he knows there's a hole down there. He's not. Dead. Yeah. Right. I but don't like besides the greats. that. He never took a wrong step. Isn't that amazing? He never like even like tractors and golf carts yeah. and other horses and all this stuff. He, he never ever showed that he was Mustang. I mean, like to what people think they are, you know, right. These wild horses. He never showed that. Wow. Um, he had so you. I was, I was so proud of him mm-hmm. for being so strong in that all this stuff that even like that spring, he could have never handled that. 
he could have never done it even with the bridle on i think he would have just his my brain would have just been like well too much too much mm-hmm. new stuff too much change too much this too much that mm-hmm. but anyway rode in friday had a really great practice friday night saturday i think we got a, oh we had a rehearsal in the morning so we had to get up at 5 a.m and get in there i think at 7 I remember sitting in there and going, should I ride him bridalist in the, in the practice? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, but I said, no, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I got in there. I don't know. It's like, I just, I was crying because it's, it's I'm culmination. Cry no, I'm going to start crying now. It was just being able to, to get to a dream and being able to ride your horse that Mustang at Kong. I mean, just even able to ride at Congress was a big deal, but like being in the arena by yourself with your music playing, Mm -hmm. it's a a culmination of all the work that you've put in. Yeah. You can't, you can't describe that. You can't replicate that. You can't, it's there. And anyway, so we did our rehearsal. He's a little, he was a little strong again and, okay, I know what we got to work on. You know, you don't want to get them out too many times during the day because they'll get too tired and Mm -hmm. too exhausted. And he did settle in pretty good Friday night, like Saturday, we came out and he had like ate all his hay and laid down. He's covered in shaving. So I knew he was, he was settled a -hmm. lot better. He was a lot feeling more comfortable. I had him magnawaved that afternoon just to cover our bases, make sure Mm -hmm. he felt good that evening, got him ready, got my dress on it's like freaking cold like of course I pick these like pretty dresses but they don't have any warmth to them and right it's like 54 degrees outside yeah. it's like oh so got a coat on over the top and and so we head out and because I had to pin my dress to the saddle pad to keep it from falling off of him I guess because it was oh, super yeah, drinky right. and flowy yeah. around his butt mm-hmm. and so it was like, once I got on him, I couldn't get back off of him. <laughs> right. You were literally pinned to him. I was, I was literally pinned to him. A lot of horses would not handle like a big billowy dress coming off of him, but oh, for he sure. handled that so good. And so we walked around and got in uh, the practice pen and had to get down there by some time and, and practice got warmed up and he just, he felt really good. He felt mm-hmm. really good. I felt really good. And so we're just hanging out, waiting for our turn. And we finally get into the actual warm up pen close there. And we're watching and watching and watching. And, and you say here, you know, you love the, the post about there's no shame in putting the bridle on. And, yes. and what, what is that all about? And anyway, so we're in the, in the practice arena and I just keep watching and keep watching, you know, listening. Cause I was, I was draw number six. There was 20, mm-hmm. 20 runners and I was draw number six. So I was really glad I was kind of near the beginning. I didn't have to wait through the whole thing. Right. But I just remember sitting there and he was being really calm and everything, but I just thought, you know what? That's a lot of energy out there. Yes. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. We've been to equine affair and, and been to the horse shows and stuff, but I was like, he has never been in that type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, I hadn't really either. We've never been out there. And that morning when we practiced, there was no banners on the walls. Of mm-hmm. course, now there's like eight American Quarter Horse Congress banners, right. you know, along the walls, right. red and blue and white. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two judges, which he's gotten used to the judges finally sitting there. That didn't sure. bother him. But we're going in there. And I was like, if I ride him bridalist, I'm going to have to ride him really reserved. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to ride him full out. There definitely is a higher probability that things will go a little wrong. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you have to weigh, you have, you to know, weigh. you have to weigh it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, is it worth 
I guess my my ego mm-hmm. to go out there bridalless and chance it, mm-hmm. or do we just put the bridle on mm-hmm. and know that we can go out there and do it? Yeah. A friend of mine was there and she's helping me and we were standing there in the aisle way. I just, I asked Luke, I just has like, what do I do? What do I do? Should I do this? Or should I not do this? Like, what should I do? Should I go in there riding with the bridle on and maybe Mm -hmm. pull the bridle halfway off, off halfway through? Like, what should I do? Yeah. And we're standing there in the aisle way. And I said, Laura, you put the bridle on. Yeah. Put the bridle on. Uh I said this, I said, no, this, this is what we need to do. I said, it is better that we go out and represent us uh-huh. to do the best that we can be. And if we need the bridal to do that, then that's what we need to do. Good for you. I have such respect for you <laughs> that, that you, I mean, cause that's a tough, that's a tough call at that it's moment. A tough call. It's an emotional it's, it's, moment. It's a, yes. there's just so many factors that go into it. What's best for you. What's best for the horse. What's best for the breed and the representation. Yeah. So yes good for you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm so glad that I did because yeah, he got out there and he was definitely nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Which is to be expected. Sure. I looked at the score cards afterwards. Mm-hmm. We did not get a penalty on anything. Oh, that's so I was cool. so excited for that. I mean, sure. Like, did we get a plus everything? No, you know, we did get some minuses because maybe they weren't, it wasn't the best circle we could do or whatever, but we did not get a penalty. I mean, he did everything. I mean, we did everything. He definitely was a little worried about the banners. In the run before us, they had used the ATV in there. So the ground was all ripped up and everything. And But he still went in there. He didn't spook at the ground. He didn't spook at the banners. The Brazilian he, people that are in the, the stands. The Brazilian people, the judges. Yeah. He didn't do any of that. He did everything. And like we came in and did our half passes and stuff. And then we did our right circles and then we had to do lead change and we went from right to left. And when he did that lead change, I mean, it just, it felt so effortless. Mm. It was so perfect. It made me smile. <laughs> you know, what's, what's your pride level? I mean, could you, is it even hard to put into words how proud you are of him? No, I mean, it's just, like to know where he came from. Right. You know, I mean, there's a video on YouTube from his old owner of a, a person trying to ride him. He didn't uh-huh. get, they didn't get bucked off. But I mean, he, it, like he was, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, this is Bravo. This is what he was. <laughs> like, he's a Bronx. Sure. We didn't ride it bridalless. Nonetheless, we still went in there and we rode that pattern to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And he nailed every single element that we were required to perform because we are required to perform certain people don't, I mean, people are like, well, are you supposed to do a pattern? Can you do whatever you want? We were required. And this has actually made it a lot harder than my Liberty performances that I do because mm-hmm. in the Liberty performances, there's no required maneuvers. We just have right. a time limit. Yeah. So yay, that's so much easier. But in the freestyle, we were required to do three stops. We were required to do two lead changes, one, one direction, one in the other. Mm-hmm. And then we were required to do a set of four spins, one direction and a set of four spins, the other direction. So those are required movements that we had to do in there within the four minutes I was like this is a lot harder <laughs> right <laughs> to fit it in that time frame and the music and plus whatever else you wanted to do in that time yeah it has to be choreographed just right yes yes exactly for him to be able to go in there and I just like I said I just am so proud of him for representing it mm-hmm. and doing the best that I know he could do 
mm-hmm. going in there and being solid and still listening to me and not running through the bridle. I mean, you know, he could have easily ran through the bridle. Sure. He could have easily botched the lead change because he was not paying attention. He could have got scared and tried to buck with the dress. I mean, he could have done so many other things, mm-hmm. but he didn't. And he stayed with me the whole time. What a good all the boy. way through that. Good boy. So what, what are your plans now going <laughs> forward? Do you keep Bravo forever? What, I mean, what do you, what are you going to do? Right. So yeah. Short Bravo term, you're heading down to Lexington. Yes. Yeah. We, yes. We are hex- heading down to, to Lexington next Wednesday okay. for the ILHA championships. And we are, we were selected to be part of the invitational event there, mm-hmm. the Liberty Festival Invitational. So that's going to be Saturday night. So we are part of that. We're going to show against some pretty high-end, other high-end Liberty trainers. So that'll be, Mm -hmm. we're definitely working on our, we're working on our routine right now. Congress was kind of the, like the forefront. So we had to get ready for that. And now we switch, switch gears and work on Liberty. And I'll tell you, Bravo is like so happy because in all honesty, I mean, to get prepped for Congress and raining like that, that's Uh. really hard on them physically and mentally. I mean, every day we got on. And we loped and loped and loped and did circles and lead changes and spins and stops and just like over and over and over again. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, we're only going to walk trot today. Right. It's like, no, we need to work on this stuff. You have to, you have to do this. Right. And maybe, I mean, sure. You know, it's not like you're working into the ground, but. Oh, sure. I mean, even athletes take a rest day. So it's just, it's a lot on them physically to go out there and do a lot of loping and do a lot of stopping hard. And so I think he's kind of like glad that he's like, okay, we're just going to do Liberty work. And, you know, we can do a lot of trotting and, <laughs> and walking right. and that type of stuff. And it's a little easier for him, but yes, we're, we're getting ready to head down there. As far as Bravo goes, he, he will always stay here. I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things that, I mean, I always tell people he's like a $30,000 horse with everything he can do, right. but can other people, ride him like the $30,000 horse mm-hmm. is well, the question. And is it fair to him? I mean, just like you said, you know, you don't sell stuff because you, mm-hmm. you don't have control and they mm-hmm. don't understand. Right. So would it be fair to him to sell him to somebody? He doesn't understand why he doesn't understand exactly. why he went somewhere else. He doesn't, that person's not going to know him and, right. and know how to manage his anxiety and, and manage his physical, his physical issues. They're not going to know how to do that. I couldn't sell. And I sometimes think about like, what would be life without him? And you're just like, you can't think of it like that. You can't even think about it like that because you can't imagine life without him Yeah, because you have been through so much in the Mm -hmm. last five years. Well, and it sounds to me like there are still, there are still places and skills and experiences that you still want to have with him. Oh, absolutely. And improve do I know if we'll ever actually show Congress again with him? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That right. was a lot for him in front of the crowd, that yeah. type of thing. I, I don't know if he'll do that. Will I be back to Congress showing freestyle again? Absolutely. Maybe Will with you? him, maybe not with him. Don't yeah. know that journey yet. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely am going to show the Ranch Horse Association really hard next year with him. I would like to show Michigan Reigning Horse Association. We'll see what my schedule how my schedule lies, how many clinics and stuff I do. One thing I do want to say, I had so many people ask me how we could show at the Congress with a Mustang. Uh-huh. Like, how was that possible? Because it's a quarter horse show, right? The National Reigning Horse Association recognizes Mustangs as an acceptable breed. Okay. And so as long as you get registered with 
the NRHA, you can show at NRHA shows. The freestyle, the reigning freestyle is an NRHA sanctioned show or class. So that allows us, it's not a breed class, it's a discipline class. And so that allows us to show there. I mean, just there's a couple other organizations of the American Ranch Horse Association, National Rain Cow Horse Association, National Cutting Horse Association. They all recognize Mustangs. So for those people that are like, oh, you know, I have a Mustang, I can't do anything with them. Well, no, that's not true. You can get them registered, get them registered through the North American Mustang Association of Registry, NAMAR, or American Mustang and Burrow Association, and AMBA, and you get them registered through that, and then you can register to them through any of those discipline organizations and go show. Actually, what I'll do is in the show notes for this episode and also on our Horse in the Street podcast VIP page, I will I will get those links from you, make sure I get the correct links, yep. and then we can post those as well. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'm totally want people to understand that the Mustang isn't just a trail riding horse. Yes, they're, right. they're great, but there is so much more that they can do. And for those of people that are considering a show horse, they do need to consider a Mustang. Obviously, I highly suggest that they seek a professional to help them pick their horse and train their horse. Mm-hmm. Somebody that is Mustang savvy. Mm-hmm. But once they do that, I think it's a great opportunity for people to, to do that and represent the breed as something more than just the backyard trail horse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's, I think people definitely need to step up and get out there and show their horse. Awesome. And I think people maybe just don't realize they can, but yeah. by Bravo and I coming to, I guess I'll say the world stage. It is. I think it showed people that they can be shown at the world level. Basically. It brings the spotlight. I mean, you've been able yeah. to, to shine the spotlight in a in an area that hasn't had that opportunity. So you were so you have brought Bravo and that Mustang heritage into the into the world view for sure. Yes. Yeah. And that was definitely my goal not only that, but just to inspire people to to follow their dreams and to understand that they can come true, even when it may seem like it's not ever going to be a possibility. As we wrap up this episode, how do you, how do you explain, what can you say about Bravo? What does Bravo mean to you? He's definitely a friend. Mm -hmm. I would say he's definitely a friend. Just like any friend, you have your squabbles, (laughs) you know, (laughs) once in a while. He is probably one of the smartest horses I've ever worked with. He's one of the most emotionally bound to you horses I've ever worked with. People don't realize how much they're impacted by you. I went to a ranch horse show in September, got news that my new little filly I bought in August, Colic, Mm. and I still had to go in and show. You know, I was trying to get a hold of vet and all these coordinating everything and everybody. And we went into this class and we just bombed it. It was horrible, you know? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And I know that he knew I was disrupt. Right. He yeah. knew it. Yeah. Because then later in the day, once we got the vet out there and things were doing better and we made the decision to go home early and I was like, well, we'll show this last class for the day and then we'll leave. I had settled and I felt good like in myself, in my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just, he, he did so amazing in that class. Yeah. He's in he, tune with you. Yeah. There's so much connection, like heart to heart and mm-hmm. feeling to feeling that they know and people, people, he knows. And I don't think people realize how, how in tune horses are to us and how much they 
really can feel and are aware of our own emotional state and how much it impacts them. And so. just a just a follow up that Philly ended up being okay if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, Tinsel yeah. Tinsel is doing great. She's I'm really excited about her. So I tell Bravo that that's his little sister Aww. that is someday going to be <laughs> working with him because I would definitely love to get a team a Liberty team going. Oh um, wow. Yeah, so that's kind of maybe some future plans to a Liberty team. Just trying to gather some horses to do that. So we'll kind of awesome. wait. Stay tuned. Stay awesome. tuned for that. Well, so. Naomi, thank you so much for being on the podcast. The insight and the stories and then all the different angles that you shared with us really kind of highlights the diversity that we have in the horse industry. That yes. Even though I may show a pleasure horse, so many of the experiences that you've had, I can relate to. And some of the information that you share, I can also apply into my own little piece of the, of the horse industry. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys letting me be on here and share this story and congratulations just with everybody, our experience. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are sponsored by purple power equine looking to add performance, power and balanced nutrition. Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro Power, Power Up. Hoof Power, Power Punch, Emergency Power. Visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.